This podcast is a proud member of the Lamb Podcasting Network. Find the network at largeassmovieblogs.com. Okay, hello and welcome to episode 38 of the Blueprint Review Podcast. Um, been a couple of weeks, we've been a bit bit delayed, but um, never mind. Let's just crack on with it, we don't have a lot of time. Um, briefly want to chat about trailers, just because I saw two trailers that um, that I wasn't expecting. I hadn't really heard much about the films, but I just wanted to bring them up. Both animated, uh, both... Well, no, they're not both sequels, that's bollocks. Uh, but the first one is a sequel, uh, Cloudy the Chance of Meatballs 2. I, didn't, I, I'd, I'd, I might have heard that it was being made, but I forgot if I had. Um, but a trailer came out for that a few days ago, and just, I love the first film, so yeah, I was excited. The trailer's a bit silly, but... It's silly bit... good, silly bad. Oh, by the way, silly, um, silly Darren and Laura are also here. Yeah, sorry. I'm it's not just, just a Dave show. Absolutely, just <laughs> ploughed into it. And Darren was ridiculously loud then, sort of that out. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it's... It, no, good silly, good silly. Uh, and it's got some cool, like, visuals, the... Um, I can't remember, it's been ages ago since I've seen it, but... So it came out a couple the, of days ago. The world... No, no, it was like two weeks ago. I'm, I'm, I'm losing my mind. But, um, yeah, basically all the food has been left over on the on this island and it's turned into these weird food creatures and things. So it, it visually looks quite imaginative. Um, uh, yeah, because the first one was quite that. dark. There was that sort of yeah. lynch sort of chicken scene, wasn't there, towards yeah. the end? And, you know, is it, is it the kind of like food monsters like that? Is it kind of dark sort of... Well, in the trailer, it was more sort of silly, sort of oh, okay. fun. But, but uh, yeah, I can't, I can't remember much of a dark edge to it. It did look quite fun, but, but it, it looks good. I'm, I'm, I'm hoping it's, it's going to capture the, the magic of the original. But we'll see. And um, the other trailer, which is the complete opposite, was planes. Has anyone seen the trailer of planes? No. It's basically cars, but with, with planes. planes. And it looks fucking awful. It's just, it's, it's like what? <laughs> Who just, is it? I think it, it is Pixar. I'm pretty sure it, it's Pixar. I think is it's it? Pixar. I might be wrong. I have to do a quick look online. But um, it's basically... Because it's got the same logo as Cars and stuff. It's just changed the words. And it did mention it. It's, it is linked to the Cars. It's like the Cars universe, but in the air sort of thing. It just looked like the most horrific cash-in. And it just looked crap. I mean, the trailer, it's a teaser. It didn't show a right lot. But... Um, How northern are you? It didn't show a right lot. It didn't show a right lot. I like what I see. And what, yeah, it's got that all the way around. Anyway... <laughs> Have you found any info on it? Planes. But it, it yeah, it, I, Disney. it's Disney but not Pixar. Oh, okay. But I saw the trailer and I was just like, what the fuck? Um, but yeah, mainly because I didn't like Cars. I never saw Cars 2. Oh, it was abysmal. Yeah. It was really bad. I mean, it, I didn't like Cars. When I watched it again and it was like, oh, you know what, for what it is, it's actually it's alright. But Cars 2 was no. shocking. And I'll see any trailers or should we just plow on? Seen loads, but yeah, let's just, just plow on. Let's just yeah. nothing that stands out. Our one listener has got a busy night, and yeah. well, speaking of listeners, we might hopefully have a few more at the minute. We're in the run-up for the Lammies, um, and uh, we're well, we're in the shortlist for nominations. The people are voting for uh, nominating us for best podcast um, over at Lamb. Um, so, if any of you out there are Lamb members, then get voting. Or if not, land members. Yeah, or... so we might have some new listeners just t- testing the water, so we better better do a good job. I don't think we started very well, but <laughs> we never do. <laughs> you know, after a couple of hours, now. we kind of get going, don't we? So yeah, <laughs> cool. Let's uh, crack on with the reviews. Then you guys have seen more than me, so I'll let you guys start. All right, we'll start with a film called Robot and Frank. Now, I'm, I've, been, I've been commissioned to um, write some plays about robots, and I've done a lot of research and stuff, so I was particularly fascinated by this film. Um, and I will say that, that in terms of the... Uh, not only that important, but they've done their research. The kind of robot that they use in there is a kind of modification of one of the most famous robots that's around now. So, you know, it's kind of all based in a lot of science facts. Um, but anyway, Robot and Frank, it is about... Um, Frank Mingella is... Langella, is it? Not Frank. Lingella, Langella, whatever. Yeah. Well, how do you pronounce it? Lingella? It's Langella. It's his nail anyway, it's not an N. I think you're getting Anthony Mingella and Frank Langella. Yeah, oh, I don't know what's going on. Anyway, anyway whatever. Anyway, well, anyway not, not important. Um, he's a retired jewel thief, and he's living sort of out in the sticks in the middle of nowhere, and you sort of get it early on in the film, you realise that he's, he's not in ill health, but he's sort of... 
clearly, very early on, you established that he's got the early signs of dementia. And, like I say, he lives in the middle of nowhere. He's clearly bored. He lives, his house is a mess. He lives like a pig. He's, 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 it's an absolute sort of disaster, really. And his son, his son comes over and he, and he helps him sort of tidy up and he talks to him. And you realise that his son travels hours and hours in to see him. And obviously that's a big commitment. And what the son brings is a carer robot to look after the dad, to feed him, to make sure he's healthy, to look after his health is his main goal. And, to, you know, kind of clean up after him. But, you know, Frank's character, he does not want to, be, you know, he does, doesn't want this robot. He thinks it's ridiculous. He's obviously, he's an, of the older generation who is like sort of more reluctant to kind of accept these new sort of t- technological advancements. Doesn't want it, wants to kind of turn it away, but some reject, re- refuses. And ultimately, it's about the relationship between this Kira robot and this Frank character and how he's looking after him and how their sort of relationship bonds. And but the main, although I genuinely think this is the sort of main plot, but in actuality, it's sort of the subplot in reality um, of where he ends up using the robot to go back to being a jewel thief. And he uses the robot to sort of help him do it again. Because in a way, that's what excites him in life. That's all he wants to do. So, but actually, I definitely think that is a subplot, subplot to this character study of this person who's sort of losing his mind and him sort of forming these relationships with his family. And also, with the, there's a library that's sort of getting turned into one of these new digital libraries and... And the sort of the, the curator there, um, Susan Sarandon's character, is um, he, he's clearly interested in her romantically, and you know, so it's, it's definitely a character stood in this robot as sort of a reflection on that. And um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but what, what I'll say is, I, I mean, the film is beautiful. It's a real, it's a, such a lovely, lovely film. And what's brilliant about it is that it's. It's dark. It's 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 really cynical. You know, you, you kind of watch the trailers and there's bits of it. There's a lot of sort of light humour in there. And I think it's played really perfectly. But it could have easily, easily sort of like wandered into sentimental, you know, really, really overly sentimental. Yeah. And then, but it, it doesn't. It's everything is sort of tinged with a cynicism and tinged with a sort of a darkness to it. Um and I, I obviously I loved I absolutely loved that. And, I, and, and, and it is a, a beautiful story about this man who's suffering from dementia and him losing his you know obviously his kind of memories are skewed and and it plays to a beautiful ending. I won't say any more than that, but it really sort of powerful, completely unexpected um, ending as well. Um, and it's just a very sweet film, very funny, and yeah, I, I really really enjoyed it. But it's great. Awesome. Uh, good. Laura, anything to add? Yeah, I don't think so. I don't, I don't think so. so. But do you, what, you agreed? Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. I absolutely loved it. Um, I, the one thing I don't want to be negative, too negative about this film, because I think it is beautiful. There are a couple of lulls in it, though, aren't there? In the drama, and there's there's moments where it just sort of some of the some of the the um, I can't think of the word when he's. What's it? Cat burglar. When he's he's with his <laughs> robot trying to oh. trying to steal the jewelry and various other things. At some of those moments get a little bit kind of tired. Yeah, so I mean, there's it's definitely lulls, but gen- overall, it's incredible. Yeah, I mean, that's that's sort of like what I was sort of implying earlier that it it's sort of it's got this story that it thinks is the main story where it uses this robot to help him be a jewel thief. But it, that is the subplot, and then, if anything, I agree, it sort of gets in the way a little bit, and it sort of shows you things that actually you know, we're not interested in this but it's got it does it to forward a plot yeah. if that makes sense but i mean that is a, a they're more niggles than sort of yeah. kind of anything and, and so at the very end the end 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 is maybe end a little end. bit sentimental but you know it's kind of earned it i think it's deserved it yeah but ultimately it, the, the kind of cynicism that's there and the sort of darkness when i say dark i don't really it's not like pan's labyrinth or you know, I mean, I, I just mean it's it's not really kind of fluffy. It's, no. it's very truthful. I think that's the mm. important thing. It's you know, and that's what you absolutely buy into it. And I was, mm. you know, really touched cool. touched by it. Um, so Laura, you've obviously seen a lot this past few few weeks. Yeah. What else have you seen? What's what's the best film? The best film. The best. Oh. Let's start the start with the best. Right. Okay. So. Well, the ones that, out of the ones that I'm going to talk about, it's probably not my favourite film that I've seen. <laughs> but it, out of the two that I'm going to talk about, this probably the better one um, is Side Effects with uh, Jude Law, Catherine Zeta Jones, Ma, Ma, what's her name, Mara, Mara Rooney. Rooney. Yeah. yeah. Um, 
Yeah, it's about it's about a young a young lady called Emily, and she is um, she at the start of the film she visits her partner who is in jail, and it's basically he's he's just about to come out of jail, um, and he's been in some kind of fraud scam. What's the correct term for it, Darren? The it's not just fraud, is it? It's um, embezzlement. Can you remember it? No, I think it, it, uh, I think it is just fraud. It's okay. Well, he so he's been involved. This he's been inside. But it's a sort of a Wall Street banker. It's not like yeah, dodgy, you know, it's not like a small business. It's like a big business sort of. Yeah. Yeah. So um, yeah, and and what you start to find out is that she's been suffering from depression, and she, with her partner who's just come out, who's played by Channing Tatum. Channing Tatum. Yeah. Uh, they go to she well, she goes to see a psychiatrist, and uh, one thing leads to another, and she gets put on this new pill called a Melixa, um, and which has side effects. And so it starts to make her do things like um, sleepwalk, and um, and then she's doing really strange things um, in the middle of the night, and obviously her partner sees her do this, and then um, I won't even don't even spoil the. No, no, no. Early sort of dramatic moment, actually, yeah. Like what? I don't know what, what you mean now. What she ends up doing. What she ends up doing? Yeah. Um, I, I thought you yeah, were going to say it's that. Not, yeah, because it's, it's quite not early on, but... The yeah, 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 okay. Um, but yeah, what, so I think, it's, I think I've just read on IMDb, they, I think they reveal it. But anyway, I'm not going to. Anyway, yeah. So, um, yeah, so basically, it, it's, it's a thriller, and uh, one thing leads to another. She does something on this drug that she shouldn't have, and... Um, and she, and so then um, the psychiatrist who uh, prescribed the drug start, starts to get investigated, and he starts to to lose a lot of things in his life because of it. And so it, it's when it's kind of becomes then his story and him trying to find out the truth about what's happened and about this drug and about her. Um, and it starts off the film itself starts off really really well. Like I was quite engrossed in it, and and I was. Um, I thought the performances were really good and I was sort of quite excited to find out where it was going to go. And then it started going in this direction that I really, really didn't expect and started to get quite ludicrous. The plot just seemed to get just so over the top and I just it just shocked me because it wasn't where I expected to go at all and it wasn't in a good way. It just went quite loopy. <laughs> and it's just... Couldn't quite believe the things it was starting to tell me. It was just, it didn't make sense. It didn't make sense for any, for me, for anything that had been set up. It's just, yeah, I, and so I liked the beginning of it, but then thought the, then sort of the kind of middle to end wasn't great. Yeah, I mean, I think you're giving it too much credit by saying it gets loopy. That almost sounds interesting. No, it's not interesting. It's not. It's, lo- just... it's not mad. It's not wacky. It's it's not loopy. It's kind of ridiculous. It's kind yeah. of. Do you know what it reminds me of? Wild things. <laughs> yes. You know the ending gets so yeah. Yeah. It doesn't have. It's not like twist, twist, twist. But it's that kind of gets to a point where you sort of you're not in it anymore. It just keeps pushing it too far. Yeah. Like, why? Are you uh, you're like, yeah, exactly. Didn't. Um, but yeah, I'd sort of echo the same sort of sentiment. I mean, the thing is, I find this with Soderbergh anyway, except maybe he's really sort of mainstream, you know, like Ocean's Eleven. I don't think he spins a good tale. I, I actually think his the stories are usually quite clumsy. Does he actually write most of his films? That's what I wasn't sure about. I don't actually. think he does. No. I don't think he does. But I think it's in his direct. I don't. I don't know. I think it's in his direction that the story it, it feels clumsy the way he sort of directs the stories. But. I'm not knocking him because I think his films are good. Yeah, he's but made he, some really good his ones. stories are just—I I never th- feel like his stories are. Mm. But it's probably part of his style. Like, yeah. it's quite disconnected. It's quite jarring. It's pulls you yeah. here, pulls you there. I think you can tell by by the fact that he hits—he covers so many different genres and things. I think his mind—he just likes to try things out and go. Yeah, so yeah, maybe yeah. he's not as bothered about the singular focus. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and he yeah. so it's in, in, in so it's. Almost like a ride, it's not like bounced about yeah. a little bit. Um, but yeah, I mean, I thought it was. I love thrillers. I absolutely. I mean, I love thrillers, and I just, you know, that I love kind of figuring out what what is happening, why is it happening, who's really responsible, all those kind of questions it deals with. It's really interesting, and it is brilliantly performed. Even Channing Tatum is re- is good mm-hmm. in it. You know, it's, a, it's been shown. Well, that's the thing. That I was when I was first 
first sort of part of it, I was because I'm not a big fan of Jude Law. I, I think he's a bit hammy, and I don't usually like him. But even at the beginning, I was like, yeah, yeah, you know, George, yeah, I'm, I'm buying this Jude Law. And then I'm, with the way that the film went, I just started to see that thing with, in Jude Law that I really don't like. Mm. It, you know, well, I never hamminess. thought he was that bad in the ending. I thought it was more some of the other characters, more Catherine Zeta-Jones. Well, Catherine Zeta-Jones is never good in anything. Know. Yeah, she's so terrible. Fun. Yeah, she's, yeah, she can't do an American accent either. But. And it was, and, it was, and I think what it was is just that, you know, I love films that sort of bat themselves into corners. I love films which cause major sort of problems for characters and you in there that, that you just think, how are they going to get out of this? What are they going to do? What is going to happen? Mm. And then when films nail it and they do it in a really surprising, you know, there's no better feeling. In this, it's, mm. they, they just lose it. They just absolutely lose it. And you just think, really? That's ridiculous. Mm. No, no, no. It just... Yeah, it just wasn't satisfying in any way, shape, or form. But I kind of enjoyed it. Saying that, I mean, that sounds really harsh, but it's all right. It was just, dis- you know, you just think, yeah. oh, really? You could have done something amazing with that ending. Mm. Not even the ending, like the last third, you know, yeah. the last, if not more. But when that started to unravel, it was quite interesting. But yeah, so it's yeah, oh, good. It's all right, but pretty disappointing. Cool. Um, Dave, Dave, well, have yeah, you well, watched I mean, anything? I've, uh, I mean, I've, I've been to the cinema a lot recently, it feels, but I've been watching like The Evil Dead and stuff like that and loads of old films which won't go on about. Not The um, New Evil Dead. No, the old, yeah. Oh, yeah, I keep forgetting that. But yeah, no, the um, the original. Um, and the second one, and I'm going to watch Army of Darkness on Saturday. But anyway, yeah, the only sort of new release I've seen in the last few weeks uh, was Stoker. Um, and I think you guys have seen that too. So, yeah, although it feels like forever since I watched it. I've been so busy. But um, so... I'll probably forget a lot of information, but basically the film is, is about um, this teenage girl who's played by, oh God, <laughs> Mia Wasikowska. I don't know how to pronounce it, but uh, that's my best effort. But yeah, it's about a teenager. Her dad has, has died. Um, he sort of dies right at the beginning of the film, and well, just before the film. And she's living with her mum, Nicole Kidman, and they don't have much of a strong relationship. They don't really communicate that well. And, and she, they're, very, they're very wealthy, live in this sort of massive house in, in the in the middle of nowhere uh, and and the her uncle the uh, brother of uh, the guy who's died uh, comes comes over for the funeral and ends up sort of bringing himself into the family and ends up sort of flirting with Nicole Kidman and and, uh, and sort of ends up sort of living with them pretty much and uh, and it's it's and it sort of goes off I don't want to give away too much after that but um there's obviously lots of dark sort of goings on um there's something very dodgy about this guy and every, everything's very peculiar and it sort of just goes off from there. Um, yeah, and it's it's uh, it's directed by... Um, oh, God. Pat Chan-Wook, Pat Chan-Wook yeah, that's yeah. the one. Um, the guy who did sort of Old Boy and all that. He's, he's, he's done some amazing films in Korea and uh, it's his first sort of move into uh, sort of Hollywood away from away from the East. And, uh, yeah, I, I loved it. I liked it a lot. Um... It was a weird one, though. It's one of those films... I can remember, I think, at the, at the time, when I went to see it, just before I went to see it, I think, Darren, you were texting me, you'd finally seen Kid List, and you fucking hated it. thought it was atrocious. <laughs> um, but I actually, when I walked out of it, I was thinking, I kind of liked it in the same way I liked Kid List. I can see flaws. It's very... Like Kid List, it's very slight. There's not much substance to it. The story gets a bit silly to, and doesn't always make that sense. doesn't make, always make much sense. It's quite a bit flawed. Um... But it just had this sort of grip on me, and I just, I just, I couldn't believe it ended. I was like, Fuck, how long was that? I mean, it wasn't long anyway, but it's just one of those, I just, I love sort of just really atmospheric, moody sort of films. And it's got this all this sexual tension and the sort of, the sort of undercurrent of violence that it's hinted at early on, and then it sort of, well, it does come out later on. But um, I don't know, it just really struck a chord with me, and it's, it's, it's mainly down to style. I mean, it is style over substance. I think it's hard to argue otherwise. But the style is so strong. Pat John Boot's got such a, amazing control over sort of the mise-en-scene. I don't want to use a wanky word. But, um, but over, over the scene. three words. But yeah. <laughs> over how they're sort of handled, how everything works. Just It's so perfect. And I just love watching that. I mean, even if the story is a bit bollocks and there's elements that don't work. Uh, especially, although I must say the first sort of 15 minutes there's some really clunky sort of bits of dialogue in, um, in there that bothered me but once it got going after that I sort of I just think it was shit I was, I was sold so yeah I mean it's I probably could pick it apart and I could find flaws in it and I think you guys might do but I don't know I just I just I loved it I was just 
wholly engrossed in it, mainly because of the visuals, the style, the music, and so the, I liked the lead performance as well. I thought Mia Wasikowska was very good. Um, the other ones, Nicole Kidman and um, Matthew, Matthew Good, good. Hit, a bit hit and miss, but um, but it worked for me. It worked for me. It's mainly her. She sort of drove it forward. I mean, the one thing I agree with you on is the sort of style. I think it's phenomenally directed. The script is a bog, bog standard, yeah, yeah, sort of th- horror thriller, mm. murder, you know, whatever it is. I mean, that could that could be a Sunday afternoon, you know, not Sunday afternoon, but like a t- made for TV under another director. That could yeah. just be the most boring, and it kind of is. I still think it is that because I think that ultimately that's what's under the hood. But the direction is mm. phenomenal. Yeah. Just the way the kind of movement of the camera and how we kind of do the kind of swinging kind of motif that he did with the yeah. camera. It was, it was absolutely stunning. The, mm. the sort of ghost imagery that he played with. None of that. You can, that's, none of that's in the script. No. Because that's mm. it's purely visual. It's purely... Yeah. He created sort of eeriness and spookiness mm. and an atmosphere as a director. He did that visually. Yeah. And, and I, so it was like, it's fucking impressive. It was like, he's an, ama- it's an, he's an amazing director. In a weird way, sort of more impressive than Old Boy, or you know, yeah. on that level. That's that, that's one thing I liked about the film a lot as well is that you get a lot of because there's a lot of um, sort of Asian directors who've made like really uh, popular films that have sort of crossed over and then they've brought them to America and when they've come to Hollywood they've been so watered down and so sort of uh, sort of controlled by the studios that the films are really bland and really shit and don't really have their character in them anymore but I did feel this still had his character I yeah. mean the story's not as strong or as interesting as, as Old Boy and yeah, like yeah. that um, but you could still see it was his film you could still see how he, he had control over what he was doing yeah. and that was really good to see I mean I, I watched we talked about um, oh, the Arnold Schwarzenegger one uh, Last Stand recently and the director of that is done is also another Korean director who's done these amazingly stylish uh, sort of th- action thrillers over there that are, are incredible and and really interesting and really exciting. And Last Stand was just so bland. I mean, well, we do, I won't talk about that again. But um, but yeah, it was just it didn't it didn't feel like his film at all. But this it felt this. like an Arnold Schwarzenegger film. Whereas this, it was it was Park Chan Wook all the way. Yeah, and it's good. I think the editing played a big part in that, and just yeah. how it sort of cre- the sequences of like moving between the characters and the. Using the kind of light, it was it's kind of spe- quite spectacular actually as a piece of direction. But saying that, I didn't think the film was great. Mm. Um, I thought Matthew Good was hideously miscast. Yeah. I mean, I'm not a girl. You can, I just don't think he's good looking or charming enough for that role. He's not got any charisma. No, that's what I mean. That I mean, the, or any sex appeal yeah. or anything. So I mean, like I'm obviously a guy, but I guess I can still see when guys have got got it. You know what I mean? And I just felt as if I didn't believe that he could be so that this force, I suppose. And I yeah. never believed which, it. Which is which is ridiculous because it's it's a massive thing of what the film hangs on a, a lot is that sexual well, yeah. tension. Yeah, so exactly. The fact yeah. that he doesn't have that sex yeah. appeal. It is ridiculous. I still thought the sexual the sexual tension still worked for me, but mainly because of yeah. the women in the film. But um, yeah. And and so and some of the direction of some of the scenes, I still found it sort of darkly yeah. sexy. But yeah, yeah but I can see what you, you mean by him. Because wasn't. the women in it, but I didn't. I acted because I just thought they would not be attracted to him. Yeah. Well, I didn't think that consciously, but I was just like, yeah, no, I mean, it yeah. just didn't work. I think the, I think. They did, you know, it, it's not as if it was a disaster. Yeah. Like it could have been. It was just like if, if that was another actor, yeah, that could have been some. You know, it could have been really sort of seductive and mm. sort of like dangerous. And... Tom Cruise in interview with a vampire. Oh. That kind of sinister. <laughs> but, that would have yeah. worked. But it, exactly. But it needed that sort of where you just genuinely. It's almost like everybody, even you know, like I was saying, I wasn't even the men, not in a kind of sexual way, but in a kind of a you're drawn to anything. Yeah. You know, the kind mm. of like it, the James Bond sort of character. The yeah. Women want to fuck him, the guys want to beat be, him. Yeah, so. exactly. No, no, I disagree. No, not no, I think, no, no. no, no, I think... No, I'm not no. saying that's what it should have been, but I mean, that's that's when it works, the sort of Yeah, that kind of where you, you get both sides in. But I, and so I just felt as if that was badly miscast, and, and, it, and it was just a bit too slight for me. You know, I'm, you, you know, you're more style over content, I'm more content over style, yeah. and it's just... It depends how it bounds. I still like films with yeah, good we both content do. that don't have and style. And I like but, stuff yeah. with loads of style, but... Yeah. but Given the choice, yeah, but it's sometimes like, it can it can just win me over. Yeah, yeah, and and, and, and but for me, I I, I I needed a bit more. It was yeah. just, I just you know you say you're gonna draw by it, and like I think we both looked at our watches, oh but for different reasons. Yeah. Yeah, I, I thought it was a bit, flew by for me. You know, a bit slow at times, and a bit just didn't have enough dramatically to grip me. I think, uh, but very impressed, sort of visually. Like I, I was spent more time thinking about that. Like, all, everything he was doing with... 
Because he was sort of using beautiful scene where they're in the kitchen and she's in the attic and the and she, the light's swinging mm. in the oh, attic yeah. but then the light upstairs is clearly yeah because you can see the light sort of coming on their faces it's, it's like the light was in there and it, mm. it you know i was like i'm very aware of how it's directed but not in a kind of you know i think some directors can take over yeah i don't think he took over i just think that was just no. the most interesting thing yeah, about yeah. it but good good um laura anything to add anything to <laughs> add <laughs> <laughs> no, cool. Yeah, no. brief chats about film. No, I mean, well, uh, you know, apart from I suppose my opinion, and I, th- you fell asleep in, yeah? Did I fall asleep? I did fall asleep in that one. I think I did. Uh, yeah, so I, well, I wasn't. I wasn't gripped. Right. It was I the last gripped. one of the day. Right. And uh, uh, you know, yes, I can see what you were saying about the style, but even that didn't grip me enough. Really? It, it, yeah, I just thought if if you ain't gonna give me a story. Well, he gave you a story. Yeah, not a, a good one. <laughs> <laughs> if you ain't going to give me something that I can latch on to, then your style isn't going to grab me, I'm mm. afraid. Fair enough. Okay, um, so another film I will talk about is Arbitrage. Arbitrage. Arbitrage, okay. So Arbitrage, Richard Gere film, first time um, writer-director, and it is about Richard Gere, and he's... I sort of works in sort of is it literally Wall Street, but again he sort of works in high finance, very rich. Um, well, you think he's very rich, very powerful. You know, he's got a sense of his family. He's got a mistress. He's kind of established. He's a bit of a bit of a bit of a bastard. Yeah. You know, but a good. You know, I mean, but a kind of enjoyable bastard. He's an absolute wanker. Um, and then you realise that actually the things are going badly for him and his businesses. Um, and that actually he's not as rich. He is cash, he's rich, but his businesses are, are messed up. And you realise that he's actually doing some sort of dodgy dealings with his businesses, fudging the books to sell his business to then get all the money. So he's selling up, but he's got to fudge things. Um, and then what happens? Is it worth saying the sort of catalyst to the... Then what happens? Is his mistress... Oh, I don't know. I don't know. Because it I'm is, gonna... I found it shocking. Okay, that's kind of the main plot, though. I'm going to say it, I don't care. The main plot is, him and his mistress have a car crash, she dies, he does a runner, because he doesn't want to know that he's got a mistress, and he gets someone to pick her up. But then there's a... And then the main film, in a way, the main that's the sort of... The main plot is Tim Roth, the policeman, is... On the hunt, brilliantly actually, very good. He's very good at it. It's in Tim Roth for a while. I was wondering what he was doing. Yeah, um, well, obviously he's in, um, in Broken. broken. Well, yeah. yeah, he's meant to be phenomenal in that. I'm, I'm looking forward to that. Um, and and he's trying to find out because they know that the driver do, has done a runner. And even though he's sort of done nothing wrong, but he, he didn't run it for his own private life, obviously. And it's a, and he knows it's sort of Richard Gear, and it's about him trying to bring Richard Gear down and Richard Gear trying to avoid this prison sentence. And Susan Sarandon again. Um, is in it and she's the wife and it's so it's like, like how the family sort of crumbles because of this and how and what happens between that and that's, that's the kind of general plot um, it's you know I, I really liked it I really liked it it's just solid it's not spectacular mm. it's just really solid strong story brilliantly performed all around um, so, you know it's just a really good I don't know if it's a cinema film it'll be good watch it on a Friday night or whatever and it is a good if you like that kind of thing part drama Part thriller, really solid. It never sort of becomes cheesy. It never does anything you don't want. You know what I mean? So it's just solid but not spectacular. But he's brilliant in it. I yeah. think Richard Gere. Always the big rich. No, that's what I'm saying. That's what I mean. Yeah. I, he's obviously done his masterpieces, but he's also done his shit. Yeah, and it, the films aren't usually good for him. They're usually good for something else. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But um, I thought he was good. He he plays a good bastard and I like watching a good bastard it's good to see cause I, yeah cause I think the films a lot of the films I've seen he's usually a bit of a nicey nicey good guy and but yeah I think it'd be quite nice to see. I'm quite intrigued yeah exactly I mean he's not like a monster I mean he's he, he, I think he I think the reason the film works is because he's a he's not a nice man in any capacity actually mm. or not on a family level not on his mistress level not on a business level on, on a moral on no level is he a good guy but he kind of humanises it quite well. Yeah. You know, I think if he humanises mm-hmm. it, um, he's got to. The film yeah, would fail if he yeah, didn't. Um, but he's not like a monster. He's not like fucking slapping children or kind of uh, spitting <laughs> at homeless people. You know what I mean? He's not like a. <laughs> he's just a bit of a bit of a bastard. That's yeah. all. But 
he kind of plays it very well. Um, Laura? Yeah. Sorry, I, just, I was just <laughs> thinking about what you were saying. Yeah, it was weird. Just to, to add to that, it was weird watching a film. I think I turned around to Darren at one point and I went, you know what, I really don't care. I, wa- I want them to catch him. I want, <laughs> I want him to be arrested. And it's, it's weird being in the position where you're watching the main character that you're following and you are into the film, but you want... Uh, Want them to be caught? So yeah. I never. I did. I, I did because um, because I really hated him. I thought it was just horrible. And but then the more the film goes on, the more you realise actually if he is because what he's doing and this is maybe his only saving grace is he he feels this immense responsibility towards all of these things in his life, so his family and his, you know, and it's not necessarily that he feels caring towards them, but he does obviously feel like he's got to be the man and take care of take care of them in that sense. I disagree with that. I still think it's a very selfish thing. They just happen to be part of his life. But, okay. but whatever, I mean, that's but what you read from it, the, yeah. But then, uh, you know, it, anyway, but the point is that you start to, because there are obviously other people and, and it would make them suffer were he to be caught because they it would give them problems and I think that's when you start actually you maybe don't want him but not not for him and that I think was quite an, a clever thing of the film for me is that it wasn't for him that I didn't want him to be caught it was for other people and that I just found that just different to what I've usually yeah. obviously what you used so for to him experience. to suffer these people you did like would have to suffer yeah. so it's like yeah, yeah. So, I mean, so yeah. it remains sort of watchful because sometimes I've seen some films where I've really disliked the main character and it's bothered me it's made me not want to yeah exactly yeah. Me off. But, you, mm. but, you, but you say he, he pissed you off but you sort of want to watch it because you want to see him get caught or whatever yeah yeah, I never, I never though. I kind of wanted him to get off, get get away from me. I mean, I'm not going to lie. I was a bit. It kind of got around. He didn't explain it brilliantly. I was just a bit confused. That's right, confused <laughs> <laughs> about. He never did anything wrong. Well, running away from the scene of the crime. Yeah, you know? but that's not a major. Th- he could have just gone back to him when I Somebody ran away. Dies. So yeah, but if he just said it's because of my life, I'm a business. You know, I was doing this deal. I didn't want any jeopardy. To be- that's kind of why. You know, mm. it's kind of. It's not a big, 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 big deal. You'd still get. It's still massive. It, he was driving. But he'd been drinking, and he oh, well, and she died. But initially, I don't think he. He, I don't think he had. Had he? Maybe no, he hadn't. He, hadn't. he, hadn't, he, he was, was driving pretty... and she died. So, you know. But I think, because originally he was like, oh, I get 20 years or whatever. And then when he, then, then when he speaks to his lawyer, he said, oh, if you go, if you go in now, you'll, only, you'll get four years. And I was like, well, it kind of, you know, the stakes were a little bit iffy at times. I was like... I'm not sure I'd fancy four years in jail. Well, but no, I know but, being, you know, yeah, yeah, but obviously it's a film yeah. plot. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like... <laughs> It was, it I was just life. a little bit... I don't think it needed the thing with jail anyway. I think it was perfectly plausible that he didn't want to... His life sort his of life. Reading, yeah. I guess, yeah. I guess that's bigger didn't than the jail thing. Head. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Cool. yeah. Anyway. Yeah, but, um, yeah, no, solid film. Solid film. Awesome. Yeah. Seen anything else? So, yeah, one more. One more. One we more. Had, we had a lovely night out with my parents to go and watch um, Oz the Great and Powerful. Mm. Uh, so yeah, very different film. I'm surprised that you preferred side effects to this. You came out really positive. Yeah. Uh... Tell us. I mean, tell us about it. Tell us about it. What is Oz? What is Oz the Great and Powerful? Well, I mean, uh, probably most people know it's the backstory. It's how the Wizard of Oz ended up in Oz, and it fo- it follows a very similar pattern that. The, the Wizard of Oz does in that you start in the real world in Kansas in black and white. Um, cool. You you meet this this person. Um, what person? Oz. 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 What's his name of the actor? James Franco. James Franco. James Franco. Yeah. Okay, and he he plays Oz, um, uh, and he's a m- m- magician. And obviously, the whole thing is is just lots of um, smoke mirrors, little tricks. That's you know as magicians are. Um, and he and it's very much the same. There's a um, storm, a tornado, <laughs> and uh, they, he gets uh, taken up in it in a balloon, air balloon, yeah. and then ends up in Oz. And yeah, <laughs> and then basically, obviously, it follows his his backstory. So the the the, the first thing that happens is he meets uh, a witch played. By Mila Kunis. Mila Kunis. I knew I, her name was there. And um, 
she's she's been expecting him. She's like, you, you know, you're the wizard we've been expecting. It's not just here who's expecting him. Everyone's expecting him. So, yeah, and then so, like, you know, it's like, are oh, you going to save us all from, from the evil sister? Uh, yeah, and then so he goes um, to the castle and he learns, uh, he meets the other, the other witch who's the... Um, Who's her, who's her sister, played by Rachel Weisz. Uh, and uh, I don't know how much to reveal at this point. No, I mean, that's, I that's probably well, no, no, yeah. And then that's the start. That's the I, mean, start. I think what's really important to say is that he's clearly... He's clearly again, not a wizard. He's clearly not... Yeah. In, he's, so, the, uh, you know, you know you're going to see this journey of, uh, you know, him having to find some way to, to deal with this whole idea that everyone thinks is, like, the second coming or whatever. So... Um, yeah, and I'm trying to think. Of That's how what, memorable the film is. Yeah, <laughs> it's it. The thing is, it's there's there were moments in it that I liked definitely, and I, I kind of loved the world, and there were little bits of it that I thought were really beautiful. Like there's um there's a porcelain porcelain dolls world, so all of their world is like teacups and and um and when you when you visit there it's all been smashed to pieces by the flying monkeys and they've all and all the dolls have been killed and there's one left and he helps her and Oz helps her fixes her up and then she becomes one of the characters on the journey and I you know all that that I thought was a lovely idea and it was really sweet and you know um and I really liked that character because she was quite she was all lovely and sweet and innocent and then she had these moments of like being really kind of she and I don't know there was something I liked about that character um but it was a bit bit too hammy and not in a good way not in a way not in because obviously the Wizard of Oz being a musical you know it is what it is and most and a lot of people love it but there was just this I don't know if it was the tone that wasn't quite right or because even though there were nice moments in it it just kind of again just got a little bit ridiculous I thought and some of the characters got ridiculous and there's there's it's hard to say without giving anything away, but there's there's moments in it like there's there's a character that a particular character that has a transformation, and there was something in that transformation that wasn't quite right for me, and just yeah, it just didn't. But I mean, you sound negative. But when we came out, you ultimately you went, you said you really liked it. I've changed my mind. I'm allowed to do that. <laughs> Sometimes when you think back, it sort of you yeah. start to pick it apart. Yeah, you realise how wrong you was to begin with. <laughs> I mean, I told you you were wrong at the time, but. <laughs> Because um, uh, I think it, it, it was an enjoyable two, a two and a half hours. Piece. Yeah, two it was. Oh, yeah, and I didn't feel like it was that. And I, do you know what the the story itself? I thought had a good, you know, good legs. I just think that it didn't. There were the, the moments that I would have liked. Yeah, so I think it was a great story, but actually the problem for me was that the moments that I would have liked to have seen more of and the real dark moments that could have really been dark and played upon just were just kind of like washed over really quickly. And that happened a few times. Mm. And that's, I think, was the problem. That Even though it was, you know, the world was beautiful and I loved any, you know, fantasy film where the world's beautiful and, you know, I thought actually a lot of the performances were quite good but then it were just well I think um, Mila Kunis was quite good until it, until the end and <laughs> she got a bit ridiculous but yeah I don't, I don't know so, yeah like a bit yeah. of nice bit of fluff but when you think yeah. about it when you actually think about it, it didn't, you know, it could, I mean the best thing I can say about it is, is just agreeing with your point is that the story it kind of it had promise it could have been I actually think it could have been brilliant it could have been great. It's got some reasonable ideas in there, and you think, "Fuck!" If they had a good director and writer, I mean, I love Sam Raimi, but this is awfully directed. Mm. I try, and not just that; it's painful 3D. It's like shit coming out of the camera all yeah. the time. It's so cheesy, and gimmicky, and childish. And I'm just like, "Shame on you, Sam Raimi! Fucking shame on you!" Because it's just like you expect this from fucking Final Destination 3D or yeah. stuff. It was just like really, really. Oh, I thought he was going to do something, you know what I mean? Oh, but anyway, and it was just, it's just, the problem is, uh, problem is every aspect of it. I thought the acting was poor, I thought the writing was terrible, and the directing was, was pretty bad. I mean, I, you say it looked lovely, I thought it looked shit, I thought the special effects were crap, and it looked constantly like green screen. Mm. Some, again, I actually think the, the industry has nailed CG, it just hasn't nailed the fusion of worlds. Yeah. You know, I think Hobbit suffered the same thing. Like, yeah. the porcelain thing was... 
it was like a he was like a porcelain doll. It looked yeah. great. The monkeys looked great. You know, the kind of CG beings yeah. looked great. The world looked couldn't look more fake. Yeah. Um, so I had a big problem with that. But yeah, I just. I mean, the thing is, it's it was just badly directed. Like the humor, it was just like that. You know, it's set in a fantasy world, but it's just that kind of modern, bollocky, stupid oh, humor. Yeah, pop references and oh, stuff. You, do you know what I mean? Yeah, and it, that's yeah really I mean, it's annoying. just shit. Right? It's just like so the, it wasn't witty. It wasn't dark, and, and it had some like the, 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 the one of the main characters, like the sidekick monkey, and it was just the most inane mm. character. You know, I mean, the humor was just painful and it could have been witty you know what I mean it could have genuinely smiled just, but it just wasn't the kind of writing wasn't strong enough as simple as that really so it was just textbook sort of modern film really where it's just like yeah. shit CG worlds crap you know not witty in any way shape or form no edge to it um, but kind of story you know it, you say Mila Kunis was alright but she ended up being really bad and no way near good enough no spoilers in this is there no, don't get it. Right, I, know, I think, that, I think that's spoiler enough just saying that, to be honest. Yeah. But, um, <laughs> yes. Yeah. But, and that was just like completely underused and it was like a cartoon and it was, but it was, it just, it just, nothing was strong enough in it. And, um, and plot wise, I mean, the ending was actually quite good. I mean, he's this magician. He's this sort of, it, I tell you what, this is the same story as Army of Darkness. <laughs> Yeah. It is the same story about him, the Messiah who has come. They yeah. all talk about the prophecy. We've dreamt yeah. that you're going to come. You're yeah. going to come and save the day. He doesn't want to be there. He wants to escape as yeah. often. It's the same story <laughs> as Army Darkness, but with about one percent of the words. <laughs> See, Army Darkness is a film, I've but um, um, but um, and, 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 and obviously he's a magician. And, and the, the, the idea behind him is that he plays tricks and illusions on people. Um, and the ending is this sort of like big, and do you even do like a montage of him? Like the Army of Darkness, where they, you know, they kind of big ending, creating all the, even does the same thing on that. But anyway, um, of him, he does this sort of like this is like a big illusion to like, yeah, not save the, you know, whatever, like do, do save the day. Fuck it, yeah, he does yeah. save the day. Um, but yeah. I just feel that, but it was kind of enjoyable watching him that, and I just think the film would have been better if there was more of that. But mm-hmm. he, he didn't do it. Mm-hmm. It'd be better if he's playing tricks on people and do, being a magician to fall. You know, but, yeah, there was but that, it isn't. It's just, just a bit of it, but not enough. No, it, in the in the build up and yeah. Mm. So it's just, I mean, I did opportunity. Oh, absolutely, yeah. Because I just think if it's cast, if it's written, if it's rewritten, recast, and redirected, it could have been pretty good. <laughs> <the film. laughs> but awesome. I mean, obviously that sounds. But the, the, there were there were there were some opportunities for just amazing moments that are so missed, and it just really mm. annoyed me. Yeah, things like that. You just wish it wasn't so childish, it wasn't so sentimental, and it wasn't so mm. fluffy and. I, I, I think the casting was poor. I, I don't. I, you know what? I don't rate James Franco at all. And he's no, just. He's terrible. He's just. Again, he just hasn't got a spark mm. about him. He's just a bit. And he's quite flat and Probably dry. The problem with James and, Franco is he thinks he has. And that makes it Do you worse. know him? Do you know that? <laughs> Have you not. Did you not see him present the Oscars? Yeah, I know, yeah. But it, well, it was like that. You know, he just kind of. you know, He's like plodding along, plodding yeah. through, and there's just no spark or energy. And. And the other character, you know, yeah, not not good no. at all. Sam Raimi, what's what's he doing? Because I didn't like Drag Me to Hell. No, I wasn't a big. Fan I didn't of like Spider Man Three. No, the Spider Man Two. Spider Man Two and One are good, right, good, yeah. good. Yeah, that's why I like them too. Yeah, but um, yeah. his best film you're going to watch on Saturday. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Army of Darkness. Great. Cool. Well, speaking of watching older films, we've we're gonna we've. Because previously in the podcast we've had like a theme, um, but it's not always gone so well. We either don't bother doing it or. Nobody's watched the right films, and it's, it's not always gone that great. So we've decided to have a bit of a change-up. It's up. gone great every single time, the theme. It's just we've decided <laughs> to change it. Yeah. Yeah. No. Um, but anyway. It's so positive. What we're going to do... Yeah, we need some nominations. No, um, <laughs> what we're going to do is, rather than do that, each uh, episode, we're all going to pick one film that we've seen over the last couple of weeks. Because we all watch a lot of films. Yeah, we watch a lot of films. We only only usually talk about the new releases, cinematic releases, but we watch a lot of um, older stuff too. So we're all going to pick just one, rather than talk about everything we've watched, which will take ages, um, just pick one film that particularly stood out and just have a chat (laughs) about that. Um, Yeah, so I'll kick things off. Although I only watched one film at the cinema, I've seen loads of films these last couple of weeks. Um, there are a couple that stood out. The one that stood out most that I just want to talk about, um, it made me instantly buy more films by the same director and actor, is um, I watched a, 
an old western called Winchester 73. Um, <laughs> and it's, it's basically, because it's weird, I've always thought of myself as a fan of, a, of westerns, but when I think back to it, I've not seen that many. I tend to be more, I, tend to, I think it's more, I like it when revisionist, like new sort of westerns come out. I always think, oh, that's awesome. But I haven't seen enough of the old classics. I've seen some of the real big sort of searches and all that sort of stuff. Um, so uh, I've been wanting to watch this for a while because it's basically James, it's Jimmy Stewart and James Love Stewart, him. whatever you call him. Uh, and it's directed Jimmy by, Stewart's mates. <laughs> and it's directed by Anthony Mann. Uh, and basically they did five westerns together back in the 50s um, that are all supposed to be really good. And everyone always raves about them. Um, and I've, I've just never got around to seeing them. But uh, I don't know, about a year ago, I bought a box set with James, James Stewart westerns with fucking loads of them in there. Um, and I thought, why not like, watch the first film he did with Anthony Mann, which is Winchester 73. And it absolutely, I absolutely loved it. Um, it's, what it does is it uses, um, the Winchester 73 is a gun. It's, a, it's, a, it's like the world's best gun sort of thing. It's, it's set, obviously set in the sort of cowboy times and wild west in America. And, um, and there's, there's this absolutely amazing gun that um, can be won. They have this competition in this, in this town to win this gun. Uh, and James Stewart... Uh, goes is visits town to try and win it, uh, but when he goes there, he meets up. There's this other guy there who, obviously, instantly you you get the idea that there, there's some sort of history, some some dodginess between them, and and you you find out that James Stewart's actually been after this man for years, um, and they both. But in this town, you have to put your gun. Your guns have to be kept. Um, it's actually Wyatt. It's, it's Dodge City. So it's um, Wyatt Earp is the sheriff, and he sort of takes everyone's weapons as soon as they come in town. So they've got no weapons to fight each other. So instead, um, they uh, they go in this tournament. So there's this sort of awesome sort of yeah, like quick in the dead. Uh, no, no, no. Cause it, it changes dramatically after this. This is all just the beginning. It's a very fast paced film, which I'll get into in a minute. But uh, but yeah, they have they have this sort of standoff um, tournament where they have to show who's the best at shooting a rifle, and they're both uh, as, as amazing as each other. Uh, but James Stewart ends up winning it ultimately. Um, he ends Ruin. up winning this gun. Well, this is this is early on in the film. Early on in the film, uh, and then but basically the guy takes the gun off him, uh, beats him up, and escapes. And then the rest of the film, um, it uses the gun as a device to sort of uh, shift between characters because the the gun moves from character to character. So you get these little sort of side plots with other people because because. That the, the villain sort of ends up losing the gun, someone else gets hold of it, someone else gets hold of it, and you follow that, so it's a really nice device, but you always keep jumping back to the J- James Stewart story um, and his sort of mission to find this guy, uh, and, and obviously, and they all sort of, it comes full circle by the end. Um, so it's a really nicely told, simple concept, but really, really, really effectively done, um, and it's just, what I liked about it is it's, it's just so taut, it's just, it just like, it's just bang, 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 it's just, Amazingly well, sort of crafted, written, and edited. Um, like, like you get that a lot with the older, older sort of films. It's like without well, wanting to say, oh, they don't make them like they used to. I think they tend to. A lot of the old films can often be more simple, more straight to the point, and 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 I quite like that sometimes, where it's just like bang, bang, bang. It doesn't doesn't fuck around, um, and it works so well here. Also, James Stewart is, is brilliant in this film. I mean, he's a, he's a great actor. He's in he's in so many classics. Uh, but he tends to I tend to know him more for uh, the sort of every man, the sort of nice mm-hmm. guy sort of character. He's very good at playing that. I mean, it's wonderful life stuff like that. Uh, but here he's actually got um, well, I mean, as much as like Rear Window, it's wonderful life do have a dark edge to the films. I think his character here has got a much darker edge. Um, although he's the hero, he's still he, he's got an intensity that when he's trying to find this this guy. Um, that's it's quite it's quite it's quite nasty. He's not necessarily just oh I'm doing good because you, you don't really find out why he's trying to get him until the end. So you just sort of get the idea that he just fucking hates him and wants to get him. So it's got a nice dark edge to it. It's really pacey, really punchy, and I, I absolutely loved it. I, I instantly bought one of the other collaborations they did, which wasn't in my box set because I was just like I have to watch all of these films. <laughs> have you have you watched any others? I haven't. I haven't had a chance to watch the others. But, Didn't like um, it that much then, did you? <laughs> <laughs> got so many films to watch but I was very impressed by it very very good awesome I was going to chat about something else but you reminded me I blacked it from my memory but you reminded me I went to I watched Kill List which okay. I was very much looking forward to may I add I um, bought well, it on Blu-ray my favourite films of the year <laughs> but, no, anyway. they don't have to be positive no, no, do they no, surely no, it's, it's just any film that we've seen that's yeah. kind of noteworthy um, so Kill List I, Ben Wheatley's second film 
I went to watch his third film, Sightseas at Cannes, last year, and I thought it was literally one of the worst films I've ever seen, the most amateur pieces of filmmaking on every level um, I've ever seen. Makes Oz look like a masterpiece. Um, but... I've heard Kill List, you know, I've heard mixed things about Kill List, but it kind of, it was, I was some more intrigued by it, um, just as, a, as an idea than as a concept. So I bought it, um, oh no, I got it for Christmas, I put it on my Christmas list, mummy bought it for me. <laughs> and um, Laura, Laura doesn't like watching dark films, so wait till... Oh, whoa, violent <laughs> films. Violent films, wait till she's away, put it on. And um, what did I think? Um, I, I mean, I'll give a very quick overview, I suppose, um, he followed this family, um, and just you know, I hate the words, but it just seems like a normal family. It's it's a normal family in a sort of a, in a realistic way, a very British sort of gritty family, I suppose, where you know they kind of like there's arguments, there's tension there, but there's clearly love there as well. And it's just you know, and I actually found that those scenes were very well done, brilliantly performed, I will say, um, and I found it absolutely engrossing. And I didn't, you know, there's. And there was kind of subtext kind of eek, being eked out, and it was kind of, in, you know, it was interesting. He was kind of fascinated with how it went. He's, he's, um, he's got, like, a friend who's introduced, and he brings his partner along, and then there's more tensions. There's big tension between the sort of the man and the wife of the the, the main family. Um, and it's, again, brilliantly sort of um, played out. And the sort of story that gets eked out is that you realise that actually... He and his friend are their hitmen, and they go on sort of missions as opposed to bump people off. And then the sort of you know the kind of turning point to the film is that they get sent on um, another mission. You realise that um, the kind of main family, one of the tensions, is money, and he needs to get money. And his wife is clearly quite active in wanting him to get more work and be you know encourages him to do what he does and get out there and earn some money. So he, he takes this job, and he then you know kind of bumps. He has to bump a certain few people off. And then the film sort of escalates from that point. On. And, I, and, and to be honest, from that, and it's from that point on where the film just went downhill. When you'd imagine where the director was thinking, this is where it ramps up. For me, this is where it falls fucking flat on its face. Um, like I say, I, th- I, I thought the acting, even when it got ridiculous, was kind of spot on. Among everybody. Um, if if there was, the weak one was probably the sort of his best mate sort of girlfriend, but she's not in it that much anyway. But the, the, the sort of the main guy, the mate, you know, his wife and the best mate. Oh, I thought, I thought they were absolutely brilliant. Um, and the first half, I was, I was, I was, it wasn't amazing. It was a slightly soap opery, but not in a you know, it's not like EastEnders or anything, but it was that kind of feel, purposefully, um, definitely. Um, but I was impressed. I was like. I like that kind of work. I thought it was well, I wouldn't say well written because it's clearly improvised, but it was just, you know, well performed. I was, I was kind of excited about where it was going to go. But when they do start hitting people off, the re- it just didn't work for me at all. It just, I found the violence stupid. I thought it was ridiculous. So, and, and it, it crafted such a believable world and believable people. And I, I was impressed with how real it was. Then the violence jarred with me because I was just like, "What? It, it didn't fit. It just didn't. I just didn't get it." And then, I mean, I won't say what happens at the end, but the ending is one of the, <laughs> the most ridiculous. <laughs> ridiculous things I've ever seen. It and, and it's painful because you know he's watched Wicker Man. You know he's you know you know what yeah. you know what he thought he was trying to do, and I could see it, and I could see his smug fucking face, and you just know that he what he was trying to do. Some people think he was very successful <laughs> in that. I understand. I think he failed oh, I miserably. Uh, it, I just thought it was laughable. It, it was just, like I say, the violence was just ridiculous. The story was so preposterous. And, I mean, I'm, I, I'm, I'm, I may give him the guy a disservice. I do apologise if I've completely missed, misread it. But I really felt like watching it like... I know that, you know, it's kind of open-ended. The ending is fucking weird. It don't make any sense. And there's this sort of question that kind of keeps coming into it. And, you, and that doesn't get answered. You know what? Lynch does that brilliantly. Some directors do that to perfection. They leave it open-ended. They leave it open interpretation. You know, it's kind of... And that's what makes them amazing. This, no. It's not clever. It's, it's not clever. It's not clever in any way, shape, or form. It's 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 unsatisfying. It's just bollocks. It's not. Ooh, what, what did he mean by that? And I just feel as if he was trying to be definitely trying to be like the Wicked Man. Yeah. Maybe not actively like Lynch, but I felt like he was trying to be 
that kind of being open-ended and posing these sort of bizarre imagery and these bizarre words from the people who was hitting off and hinting at and implying at this sort of bigger world that he never actually answers. It's like, you're, I'm sorry, mate, you're not good enough. You're not good enough because you've not given us, an, you've not crafted it in enough. In my, obviously, in my opinion, you've, you know, Lynch poses these unanswered questions in this world where you know there's a truth, you know there's a reason for it, there's, an, there's a meaning behind it which could be truth. Any meaning you will get from this is bullshit. You don't think that he's crafted this bigger world, he's just put these letters down? I think he's just tried to be open-ended about it. Yeah. I genuinely... but he, he, He'll be able to come up with some bullshit reason for it, but it won't be in the film. I think if you spoke to Lynch about Mulholland Drive or Lost Time, you know... You, if, if, if there's a reading of it, you will be able to find it in that film. He'd you will not... <laughs> Pardon? He'd never tell you. Well, yeah, but exactly. Yeah. But, but what I'm saying is it will be... I genuinely <clears throat> feel like the world has so much texture that you will... You can find meaning in it yeah, that makes sense. And on this, you can quote some yeah. bollocky reason for it, but it's not in... Not to get, get too serious, but I don't, I don't think it's in the fabric of the film. It's just some stupid reason he's come up with mm-hmm. of why he's, it's like that. And the ending... You either go with it or you don't. I, yeah, yeah, I must admit, exactly. Yeah, I, 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 yeah, I like to kill yeah. myself a lot, but um, I've not seen it for ages. But again, like Stoker, it was more. I just liked the style and the mood. I liked how different, especially the first half. Um, it was so different. I mean, it did remind me of his first one, Down Terrace, a little bit. But it, it's it's got such a peculiar atmosphere. As you say, it's got a weird soap opera thing going on, but with this strange dark undercurrent. And I love shit like that. I like it. When it's just <laughs> that. Yeah, that was great. Stuff. Um, and for me, I think. Uh, I mean, when the violence first came in for me, I didn't mind that. I found it quite nasty, quite brutal, and it, and it got me quite... I was on edge. I was a bit, like, worried about where it was going to go. But, um, yeah, I would agree. <laughs> the, there's a certain point very much closer to the end, like the last 15 or 20 minutes, where it really gets ridiculous. But what sort of saved it for me was... Not the very end set, but the very, very end, I wasn't a big fan of, but the, uh, the, the tunnel, there's, like, a, a big yeah. face-off in the tunnel... That was utterly ridiculous and like totally out of place from everything else in the film. But it was really cool. <laughs> I was just like, I don't care, this is awesome. There's a boobs and willies <laughs> flying towards him. <laughs> it was just, I just found that set piece just really, really intense and really sort of stylish. And I, I liked that. So I sort of let it go a bit then. I would do agree the bit afterwards, the very, fin- the absolute finale. Yeah, I could see it coming a mile off because of the, maybe not the exact details, but you could tell where it was going because of the whole Wicker Man sort of thing. Um, you could tell it wasn't going to end nicely. Um, yeah, so I wasn't a massive fan of the end, but I don't know. There's enough there for me. I just, I just, I don't know. I just, like Stoker, I could pick it apart, but I just really enjoyed it. Um, but again, I've not seen it for a while. It's probably one of those films that I saw again. I'd probably be a bit like, because oh, because you know, it doesn't in- feel as fresh and as interesting. I'd be a bit like, oh, okay, yeah. it's a bit bollocks. But um, I don't know. I'm, I'm still, I'm still a fan of Ben Wheatley. I, I do did like that. I did like Dan Terry's. Slightly see as I didn't hate as much as you guys. It's, I think it's his weakest film, but I, I still thought it worked in, in some ways. That's the thing. Some people, you just don't tap. I clearly, I would not get on with him. No. Do you know what I mean? I would. It seems like I, he, he did a Q and A um, at the film festival where I saw Sightseers. Um, he was there at Cannes. I mean, he introduced because oh, right. was, was the first screen I went to of the film. I thought he seemed alright. He seemed like he, he, no, he, he no, reminded not... me a little bit of. Um, but yeah, you mean in terms of your ideas of what yeah, yeah. good film sort of thing yeah I mean I got for me I got a vibe of vibe I, I always use that word but it's, it's all but um, that he's more he's he's a bit like sort of like Edgar Wright and Tarantino They're, he's a big film fan and he just likes to make the films that he likes to watch and I kind of like that in a director and but um, but yeah I can agree that probably he's not the best storyteller he's not the best his films lack substance definitely Um but I feel as if with this, he, he, I think he, I can almost being quite smug and be like, oh, that's clever. People are going to have so many different interpretations. Yeah. I didn't get that when he did the Q&A thing. But I don't Maybe know. not. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing. I don't know. I mean, he, he was quite flippant about a lot of the stuff he was saying. Oh, I'm just making a film. Like, if, yeah, because I mean, it sounds it would, cool and stuff. Yeah, I mean, it wouldn't surprise me if he had no clue. But if he did have a clue, it still wouldn't be in there. Do you know what I mean? If it's yeah. like, but yeah, so. I was just like, oh man, after Sightseers as well. I, was like, I mean, it's better than Sightseers. Sightseers is like a. Not even a, a student film gives it too much credit. <laughs> that, it wasn't that bad. Um, it's like um, two people go on holiday and make a film. 
But um, but we did that with Bon Appetit, and it's better yeah. than that. <laughs> well, to be honest, that in the Q and A, he, he, he well, he didn't, it wasn't that makers. slight, but he did, he did, it did sound like that he was made sort of on the side, very quickly, very cheaply, as a bit of fun. But let's not go into size. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, well, I like Down Terrace. I, I possibly, it, it, by the sounds of it, if you liked the first half of Kill List, I think you probably would like Down Terrace. Okay. Down Terrace is like the first half of Kill List for most of the film. Uh, it does go down dark territories and stuff, and it's some. Does it get stupid? Because he, he's, I just find him when he goes stupid, he goes fucking stupid. It gets so. over the top again towards the end, but not not, not in, in the same way as Kill List. Um, there's one or two gags that don't work. I think when he tries to put sort of gag humor in there, it doesn't quite work. Um, but the more sort of subtler stuff that just naturally comes out works. But um, see, I mean, it's his first film, and it was made ridiculously cheaply with his dad and his friends and things. So it's 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 rough around the edges. But I think. I think you'd probably like Quite it. Quite like it. Awesome. Laura, do you want to speak? Obviously, we're running, it's getting long now. No, but... I don't think so. Yeah, <laughs> no, if you want to mention... <laughs> oh, oh, well, well, I will, I'll, I'll just mention it because I, I, I think um, we've had a long enough chat now, but I think um, the film that I've seen that I've been really impressed with in the last couple of weeks, probably most impressed with out of all the ones I have seen, uh, is uh, Margin Call. Yes, yeah, yeah, of course. It was brilliant. Really, really good. It's about the... the beginning of the financial meltdown financial sure. crisis in America brilliantly acted um, brilliant cast direction really it's really well directed I thought just just really tense and and um, lots of kind of close-ups and just two people scenes where they're just talking and just kind of like the whole film is just people film. talking yeah I know <laughs> it is it just goes from people Different people talking, and there was sometimes like because you know they were using a lot of language about. It, I like that it doesn't hide. Point. Yeah, it doesn't. Doesn't hide explain it. anything. Yeah, and yeah. I was like, oh, I don't understand some of this, but it was still, you know, you yeah. get the sense. You get the drama. Fucked. You get what's important. They're important. all fucked, yeah. Yeah. and it's great. It's, it's so good. What do you think? Uh, we we have not chatted about it. Yeah. What, children of men. Children of Men, I also saw. We that. saw yeah, Children of Men. I've I not seen that for a long time. Yeah. I enjoyed Children of Men as well. Yeah, yeah, that was good. It was not what I expected at no, all. No, it wasn't when I first saw it. But I, I kind of think I imagined it slightly more sci-fi mm. rather than. Thriller. It is sci-fi, yeah. but it it's is, done but in it's, such a realistic yeah. way. Yeah, it's, it's like, quite, and it's quite like I kind of suppose that the future is quite so because it's quite dark and quite gritty. It's actually, gr- more graphic than I remember yeah, it being. Yeah, quite graphic. <laughs> It's sort of, it's not that kind of clinical sci-fi type. I love the world of it, though. I love how sort of... Oh, yeah, I think the world's How the sci-fi is embedded in it, and really seamless. It's like a, it's like a believable future. It's like, actually, I can, like, sort of, Minority Report kind of is, it's a more extreme version, but Minority Report is a believable future. Mm. And a lot of the fucking stuff in that has happened, which is mad. But Children of Men, it's like, I love the world. It's like, that, I can see that happening in 10 years' time. You know, I can see that that's what, that is how it'll develop. So I love that. Um, it's a li- there were bits, especially earlier on, that was a little bit sort of cheesier than I remembered. At the very beginning, I was like, yeah. oh, I remembered it being like class. I could, yeah, and I, was I like, remember oh. not being 100% on it. I really liked it. Yeah. I remember there being a few little... Yeah, there It's are. a film I'm desperate to see again. I've got it on like HD DVD. Yeah, I was desperate. And I was, and we watched it. I was a bit, I was surprised at like how sloppy it was in places. Not lows, but just in moments. I was like... Ah, oh, in my memory, this film was like yeah. A, yeah. a masterpiece, and I think it is amazing. I think it is brilliant, but it goes a bit like, oh yeah. fuck, okay, not flawless, cool. Yeah. Well, um, I'm going to quickly whiz through what's coming out. Uh, the next fortnight, we've got the host, which is the new Stephanie Meyer thingy. Probably skip that. Uh, Twenty one and over. Finding Nemo is getting released in 3D. Uh, we've got Francois Ozon's new film in the house. Uh, Good Vibrations, which is uh, sort of a music. It's about yeah. It's about it's a real life story, but not a documentary. Real life story about yeah a record star owner who's instrumental in developing Belfast's punk rock scene. Uh, King of the Travelers, which is a drama about travelers that stars real travelers. I think um, <laughs> I, I can remember reading something about that. I'm My big fat gypsy. Yeah, um, and then fifth of April we've got Spring Breakers, uh, which is supposed to be all right actually. Yeah, yeah. that's surprisingly well reviewed, yeah. isn't it? And it looks like misogynistic bullshit, yeah, doesn't but it's it? supposed to be quite dark. I think. It's written and directed by women as well, mm. which I was like, huh. But cool, we've got that. Should be interesting. Uh, we've get, got... They get caught up in some sort of dark yeah. drug world. Kind Something of, like yeah. that. Yeah, kind of. uh, we've got Snitch, uh, which has got Susan Strandon again, as well as uh, The Rock, Dwayne Johnson. 
Uh, we've got The Odd Life of Timothy Green, which is one, something we mentioned ages ago. You saw a trailer for it. It's that one where there's um, uh, a childless cuppy, cu- cuppy? couple bury a box in their backyard containing all their wishes for an oh, infant, yeah. and then a child is born. Uh, I can remember you saying that it sounded awesome, but then looked terrible. Yeah. But that's finally coming out. Uh, we've got Dark Skies, which is this sort of horror sci-fi thriller that I keep seeing adverts for, but I don't actually know much about it. Uh, we've got A Late Quartet, which has got an awesome cast there. Phil- Philip Seymour Hoffman, Christopher Walken, Catherine Keener. Some sort of drama about a string quartet. Um, and then, Is there uh, another one out recently? Called yeah, quartet. called Quartet. So it's, but yeah, this, this looks different. It's, it's more like an actual... Oh, no, no. That, yeah, anyway, yeah. Sort of similar. Uh, and then we've got, just for me, we've got Dragon, which is a Donnie Yen martial arts film, which equals awesome. Not the Dragon. <laughs> Bruce Lee <laughs> <No>. story. <laughs> uh, cool. Um... Right, let's wrap it up. One thing I will say, I've just put I put something on the site uh, today is uh, just call, look at, looking out for new writers because um, we get sent a lot of screeners, a lot of soundtracks. We're getting and too much like now. We're getting aren't we? too yeah. much, especially soundtracks and things. I think we've got quite a few people who cover films, but we also cover, as you know, games, uh, music, uh, well, soundtracks books. and books. And it would be great to find some writers who are really keen on pushing those sides uh, of the site. So yeah, we're doing a bit of a call out. So give us an email. Um, info at blueprintreview.co.uk if, if you're interested. Cool, and, and yeah, and keep checking out the website, www. Uh, How many W's? Four. Uh, no, uh, blueprintreview.co.uk. Uh, check us out Facebook, facebook.com slash bpreview, uh, and follow us at Twitter, which is at blueprintrev. Cool. Excellent. All right, see you later. Bye. Bye. How did he write a book if he doesn't have an arm? Or want to hear the latest news on your favorite actor? Talk some Julianne Moore, I guess. <laughs> Whales have more films than Zoe Montana. And check out The Lambcast, where no question is too risque. Rachel, do you have a mouth? Check out The Lambcast, the official podcast of The Lamb, the largest association of movie blogs, which can be found at largeassmovieblogs.blogspot.com. Si habla español. Hola y bienvenido a la <laughs>